This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 640. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. I am here with Brandon and later on Chris. But make sure collectively that you are checking out MarkingOut.com. Listen to the podcast wherever you may be subscribing to your podcast needs such as Spotify. Don't forget to go buy a t-shirt, prowrestlingtees.com slash out. Give us a like over on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at out. Follow us on Instagram at out 11 Give us a subscription over on YouTube. And, of course, over on TikTok. Make sure that you follow us. You can follow me, Dave, Ed. PT, DPD, over on Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow Brandon at BTTG161 and Chris over at Chris Sweendog and CM Sweeney85. But that being said, as I said before, I am here with Brandon. And Brandon, how is you? How's the birthday boy? What is up? I'm doing awesome as always. Nice, nice. And how about the birthday? How was it? It was good. Prior to the birthday, though, I went to Cheesecake Factory. And my waitress legitimately said, I think you changed my life (laughs) after I ordered. Because I ordered the barbecue ranch chicken salad with beets instead of black beans. And she said that she never thought to do that. And she's like, I think you changed my life. I just thought that was really funny. All right, that's definitely a change of everything. You know. Then I uh, I went to Carvel. I got my free cone from them. Just a simple twist. So okay. That's good, obviously. I went to Fogo de Show on Monday instead of Friday, like I had said last week. But it was good. I know I spoke to you off air. I said I don't know if I would actually recommend people going there unless they actually knew what they were getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. In regards to like how salty the meat will be, how the temperature is not going to be the same on every piece. But I yeah, think the cheese there is so good. What's so special about the cheese? It's just grilled cheese or whatever with honey drizzled. It's so good. It's okay. not like a, a sandwich or anything. It's just grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. That sounds so. really good. That's cool. Yeah. What was the and best then, meat that you I, had there? Nah, that's just, they're all the same to me. Oh, so it's not really, so why even, okay, so you, uh, we spoke about it before, but, uh, so really there's no reason for me to go there. I'm not, I'm not one of those people who divide their meats or something like, oh, I need this, I need that. It's like, steak is steak to me, so I'm happy either way. Mm-hmm. I could say that there are better cuts with less fat on it. But I don't know off the top of my head what the each cut is called. Mm-hmm. So. But I also went to uh, a place called Nothing Bunt Cakes in Carl Place. Because I had to happen to have seen a TikTok video from Andrew Dice Clay where he went to the grand opening. 
and it looked good. And I saw that they had a birthday gimmick when I went to their website. So I signed up and you get a little bunt cake. And I thought that was pretty cool. I got a red velvet one and it was really good. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Dice Clay said that the, the lemon one was good. So I would like to try that someday. They also claim to be a, a nut-free place. Just the places where they That's get always- the ingredients from might have cross-contamination, so they can't 100% guarantee it, but them themselves, nothing in their facility is is nuts. So mm-hmm. I think that's a plus for people. That's always a plus. Good that's deal. About Good it. deal. How about yourself? Well, in my case, I went to Fogo. Um, no, I did not do that. Um, what I did was I went to New York City, and I ended up, Going to Junior's, just as we spoke about last time on the podcast, I ended up getting a bacon cheeseburger, and it was delicious. It was a delicious bacon cheeseburger. I'm realizing that I'm not going to get medium rare burgers anymore. I'm going to stick to either medium or well. Well? Um, What do you mean well? Well done. No, I understand what you mean by that, but what do you mean by well done? Why would you ever... Well, I mean, I most likely medium, but not medium rare when it comes to burgers anymore. Uh, the Why? bun, the bun is way too soaked. It's not. It's. I have to switch over. It's not enjoyable <laughs> for me. It is not enjoyable for me. So, well, what about the, the? Was it health salad? What was the unlimited? Unlimited. What do you mean? Coleslaw pickles. Unlimited. Nothing. What? Nothing. They didn't give you the coleslaw and pickles? Nope. I wonder if you have to ask for it. No coleslaw, no pickles. Wherever brought to the table. Soda was unlimited, right? Uh, yeah, but I only had one. I didn't need to. Did not need to. Uh, but, and then I had the uh, raspberry swirl cheesecake, which was fantastic. It was fantastic. All of my friends had a little bit different cheesecake, so we were able to taste test a little bit of everything. Tried some red velvet, tried the double chocolate mousse, and then the original cheesecake as well. After that, we ended up going over to Aladdin on Broadway, so got to see Al do his thing, and it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Al! It was a a lot of fun. I'm always a big fan of Broadway. I think the next show I want to get tickets to is Sweeney Todd with uh, Josh Groban. I think that's a definitely. I don't know how you say with Josh Groban as if there's not any other famous person in it. Well, I mean, he's the only one that I know the name. The whole cast is literally famous. Would you like to list two of them more? I mean, or not? What was the other one that I I listed? Oh, Annalie Ashford. Okay, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, Gaten Matanzaro, whatever his name is, from Stranger okay. Things. Okay, all right, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, the no, Disney I'm definitely guy. The Disney guy. Oh, there you go. Is it, is Josh it Jordan Corbin Fisher? And the Disney guy. <laughs> I think it's Jordan Fisher. Uh huh. There you go. Um, but I also took the train into Grand Central Station, Grand Central Terminal, which was definitely uh, interesting. Beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. I didn't realize how much is underneath the Grand Central uh, main uh, course. I didn't realize what was really beneath there. What do you mean beneath? Huh? What do you mean beneath? 
like underneath all the restaurants. I came I up from I'm the not aware. Yeah, I came up from where the Long Island Railroad goes into, and I walked upstairs. And before you go to the main course, underneath that entire region where the trains are, well, I guess where the main area is to enter, underneath that is a bunch of different restaurants. And like, I think there's um, a a full size basketball court up there somewhere. Yeah, and a, a racket, a handball court too. Maybe I mean, it's that that I'm thinking of. But no, they probably have that too. It's absolutely beautiful. Never but, been, and I feel like I yeah, should have. No, but I, I've never been. I think it's one of my favorite things to see in New York City. I just love the art, everything with it, the architecture of it. I, to me, it's just beautiful. Um, and I'm a huge architecture mark. I I geek out over it big time. I think it's beautiful. But yeah, so that was our weeks. But let's get on to it. We had WWE Backlash taking place in beautiful Puerto Rico. Kicking off with Bianca Belair picking up the victory over Io Sky to retain the championship. Is it safe to say that Io Sky is Puerto Rican after this event? <laughs> I mean, she was they, certainly over in this match right? beyond. When Talk- when Bianca Belair was making her entrance, I was like, those can't be booze, right? But oh, that when the know. match started, it was like, oh, my God. It's not something you typically hear. So that, that was like, that was crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the crowd just going back and forth. It was it was beautiful. I think it, it completely changed the match. Yeah, I agree with you. I that, agree. That, uh... The Hurricane Rana spot from the the power bomb from the middle rope, I thought was fantastic. It reminded me of uh, Bubba Ray, one of his power bombs from the middle rope. Mm-hmm. I like that damage control. Obviously, they came out and got involved, but we saw Bailey hold Bianca Belair's ponytail in front of the referee, and the referee saw it, and it caused Io to miss her moonsault. So, there's obviously something going down between. Damage control, it seems like they're going to be splitting. splitting. Yeah, Splitsville very soon. But I would have, I mean, we discussed it last week. I would have 100% put Cody and Brock first. For Uh storyline purposes, Cody should, I don't think Cody should have been in the main event. It should have been having to be built back up to that main event. I don't know if. It's a true story or not, but I heard that Bad Bunny didn't want the main event because Canelo was boxing. So he didn't want anything to take away from, because they don't know, obviously you don't know what time the the boxing match would start where people might take their eyes off of the main event and go turn over to, to that instead, because it was Cinco de Mayo and Canelo is a huge name. With a huge WrestleMania entrance for that fight, which was nuts, by the way. I didn't see it. Yeah, it was It was like, uh, I don't know if they were like, maybe 120 mariachi or something like that. Oh, wow. It might be less than that. I'm not sure. It was a huge, huge entrance. Mm-hmm. So, But I don't know if that's a true story or not. But the next match we saw was Seth Rollins pick up the victory over Omos. Um, and, and the crowd continued to be super hot by singing Seth's theme song throughout this match. Yeah, they this entire match and they were they reacted to all of it too. 
You know, everything between Rollins and, and almost they were reacting to. This was even I mean such before a, the match started, almost knocked Seth down and that like took the crowd from singing to booing. Yeah. But I thought this was a great place to have almost wrestle because he was getting that loud reaction as a heel. So yeah. I thought that and was I very like, well done. I like how Rollins went for the curb stump on Almost, but wasn't able to get it until he actually went to the top turnbuckle to get a little bit more uh, emphasis on landing that. Well, I mean, he did hit. Finally, he did hit two of them, though, didn't he? Yeah, but it didn't. I think he got the pin after the one from the top turnbuckle. Yeah, well, yes, yes. The one from the top yeah. rope. Big time. Helped. Yeah, that was the one that that really finished him off. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was a, a good match, especially when you go in thinking not much for almost, no offense, but... Not taken. After that, we saw Austin Theory pick up the victory over Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley to retain the United States Championship, which I think was a much better match than WWE put into it in regards to how they like barely mentioned it on, on television. Even like last week, it wasn't even mentioned. Not on mm-hmm. Raw, not on SmackDown, maybe a passing by graphic. Yeah. But they didn't do anything on TV in regards to that feud. So it was a, I thought it was a really good match here. Yeah. I that this the springboard that, that Bronson Reed did to Bobby Lashley to the outside. I thought that was really cool, and I hope that we continue to see that. I'm not sure if he's done that before. Yeah, that would be cool. But I would like to see that. But Austin Theory basically ended up stealing that victory. Which, I mean... Uh, we saw Bronson... Expecting. Yeah, we saw Bronson Reed miss the moonsault, and then he got speared, and then Lashley got thrown out of the ring by Austin Theory, causing Theory to pin Bronson Reed there, so... Yeah. Uh, but- after that, Rhea Ripley picked up the victory over Zelina Vega to retain Vega. Super emotional. I think rightfully so. Being yeah, in front of this, the Puerto Rican crowd like that. I thought even her, her gear and everything, her entrance gear was, was so good. Um, yeah. This was awesome. I mean, and I, liked, so... I liked, I was going to say, I liked the chancla spot. And hearing Michael Cole explain <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. And this entire and thing, I'm glad this, that this, this entire match, I feel like, was just... Great with Zelina Vega. Like, I feel like as a person and everything, everybody was just so happy for her to be in this position. And I'm glad that it was an actual match and not like a quick nothing. Agreed. Yeah, like she we put saw her reverse. Her. Yeah, and she reversed the riptide. We got to see her hit a 619, but Rhea Ripley ended up kicking Zelina Vega and hitting that riptide to pick up that victory. But even in, in losing, it was Zelina Vega who left that with a standing ovation. So I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, totally incredible and awesome. But next up, you had Bad Bunny pick up the victory over Damian Priest in a street fight. This match was fun. It was awesome. You know, Bad he- Bunny... He holds the record, by the way, in in that venue. Really? For attendance, yeah. That's pretty cool. But earlier in the night, we saw Bad Bunny meet up with Rey Mysterio. 
or I should say Rey Mysterio met up with Bad Bunny, and then Savio Vega showed up and gifted him mm-hmm. a kendo stick. So during which the crowd went nuts for, even on the 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 I think it was the kickoff show, and and the the reaction when they when they when they showed him on the the screen walk in, but. He gave him that kendo stick, and when we saw Bad Bunny make his entrance, he went back for a moment and pulled off a, a, a sheet or whatever and had that kendo stick inside a shopping cart with a bunch of other weapons that we've seen from people like Raven, New Jack, in regards to using shopping carts to bring weapons to the ring. So I thought that was cool. Crash Holly as well. Um, but it was such a fun match. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that the Carlito spot, the Savio Vega spot, the LWO spot, there were so many pops this entire night that was just incredible. And it's crazy because it it seemed like the match was pretty much over, but when Damian Priest, he hit the South of Heaven, he ended up pulling Bad Bunny up during the pin to break it himself. And... Then we saw Damian Priest try to leave at one point, but Bad Bunny went after him. And he he when when Bad Bunny showed up that other week with that kendo stick and went for it, that's what he did in this match. Yeah. I thought even when they fought in the crowd, they did the production, the equipment case thing when Damian Priest hit the Falcon Arrow off of that onto Bad Bunny. I a hundred percent expected Bad Bunny to reverse that. But that wasn't the case. And then, like you said, the Judgment Day got involved. Rey Mysterio tried to make the save, but he ended up getting got. And when Carlito's music hit, the crowd went bananas. Oh, they, I mean, did you see that crowd uh, video too? Like, they went insane for Carlito. and It was fantastic. Very, and that's literally what I asked yeah. for last week. I'm like, I mean, for since they announced this, I was like, I hope the Colognes are involved. I hope Savio yeah. Vega is involved. So I got that. And then obviously the Judgment Day, uh, they tried to walk off and that's when Savio Vega came out to Los Bariquas theme song, which I marked the absolute hell out <laughs> for because the last time we saw Savio, it was not the, it was not that theme song. Mm-hmm. So I love that. LWO came out, like you said, and uh, I, and they really just, the, the end factor, I think, was Damian Priest's bad knee coming into play throughout the match. Yeah, and I think that and that he, was smart. That was that was smart that his bad knee was coming into play, especially with uh, losing to Bad Bunny while still relatively remaining strong with it. Yeah, but he won with that, that Bunny Destroyer, but those the fans during this match, man, I, I didn't think that they would still have the energy for the rest of the show. And the next match, they kind of like fell off a little bit, but I, I really hope that they go back to Puerto Rico's. I mean, obviously not, it's not going to happen anytime soon, but yeah, I, just, I think that they, that, that crowd definitely deserves another, uh, another show in there. You know? It's just too bad that that's the it's the largest venue in Puerto Rico, because mm-hmm. a crowd like that would kill at WrestleMania. Yeah, that would be sick. So, but after that, we saw the Bloodline pick up the victory over Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Matt Riddle. Um, which is kind of crazy because at one point I would have sworn that the main event was going to be Cody and Roman in that match as well. But when Riddle was added back to the feud, it was clear that 
that was going to be their match at Backlash. But um, what did you think of this match? I thought it was just okay. It was, to me, it was filler. I feel like the big eye attention was Bad Bunny and Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar, while this was just a filler, especially without Roman Reigns being in the match. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, I mean, I legitimately thought this was at one point going to be the main event of Backlash, and then it just it fell short for me. It wasn't a bad match, though, but no. it just wasn't what I was expecting it to be. We did see Jimmy get accidentally kicked by Jay. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that didn't really come into play at all. And then yeah. later on, we saw Jay and, and Solo kind of like tagging each other in and out. Kind of like getting in each other's face, basically. Mm-hmm. We saw Sammy rock Solo with the, the Haluva kick and knocked him off the apron. He hit Jay with the exploder. And then in a, a, a Haluva kick, Solo, we saw break that up, but... He almost he almost attacked Jay with the Samoan spike. It makes you really start to question his loyalty if it's going to be with the Usos or if it's going to be with Roman Reigns. And it's crazy, but he ended up with uh he ended up knocking out Matt Riddle and I just I thought we we would have seen the Usos lose this match and Solo get pissed off at that, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, main, it, it seems like Solo's the front runner to be the leader. Maybe I wouldn't say leader. I mean, he's I the mean, one that's controlling the Usos. He's pissed off at the Usos. He's threatening the Usos. I would never. He's not going to be a leader compared to Roman Reigns. I didn't say he's, that. Well, you said I leader. didn't say he was going to be the leader. No, he's going to be. He's a leader over the Usos. You you said the leader. There's only one leader. Over the Usos. I'm not even going to say that he he's not a leader. He's following Roman Reigns' orders. He's the he's the guy that Roman Reigns calls it to action, and he makes sure he gets the job done, unlike the Usos who are unable to get the job done. Well, he's still so, keeping them on a leash, though. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. But main event of the evening, Cody Rhodes picked up the victory over Brock Lesnar. What a match, a bloodbath, and... Everything that went into it. An accidental bloodbath. But yeah. Cody attacked Brock before the match even began. Uh, I'm not sure how often we see stuff like that with Brock. Um, yeah. Brock did eventually take over. We saw Cody send Brock into that turnbuckle and he got busted the absolute heck open. Yeah. I don't know if Brock did that on purpose or if Brock accidentally got busted open or what. But Who they knows? continued he went to right into that. Yeah, they continued to brawl, and we saw Brock lock Cody in that Kimura lock, and Cody, I guess, reversed it into a pin. So it keeps both of them, I think, safe there. Yeah, and and people complain not to skip forward to Monday Night Raw, but people are like, "Oh, we don't need another match between Cody and Brock," and it's like, eh, I mean, there's kind of merit there. It was like an out of the blue pin, out of nowhere mm-hmm. pin sort of thing. Yeah. So, it was just a, a really brutal match. I, I still, like I said before, I wish Bad Bunny main evented, but I'm not. I'm not upset with the way this match went. No, I thought that this was a, a fun match. I thought it was a solid closer too. Cody Rhodes and, going over on Lesnar. 
Yeah, and all in all, I just think overall for the whole pay-per-view or uh, PLE that I think it was just cool to see everything that took place with the LWO and, and Damian Priest. Even though like I'm not Puerto Rican, but growing up, I kind of like took pride in that because my aunt is Puerto Rican. My cousins are half Puerto Rican. Obviously, your aunt and cousins are the same. Mm-hmm. And then later in my life, my sister-in-law is from Puerto Rico, so my niece is half Puerto Rican. So I think it's nice to see stuff like this because I, I think rep- representation matters. And it's yeah. nice to know that if my niece were to any time watch wrestling, there's an event like this that exists. Yeah, I agree. This was an incredible, fun event. But that being said, let's move on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which opens up with Cody Rhodes kind of uh, mentioning AEW. Given that they were in Jacksonville, he said, I spent the pandemic here. Um, But he spoke about beating Brock Lesnar. He eventually spoke about the World Heavyweight Championship, which makes no sense. <laughs> it's not the freaking story. Mm-hmm. And then we go into that first match for the World Heavyweight Championship tournament with Seth Rollins picking up the victory over Finn Balor and Damian Priest, which I wasn't really feeling this match. Yeah. I there were some hot moments. Like when Seth Rollins squared up with Shinsuke, but mm-hmm. I, and also also big big props. We spoke about it just a few seconds ago with Damian Priest and his bum leg. He did a fantastic job at selling that in this match. I thought that was great. I think the outcome of this was pretty obvious that Seth would win. And I kind of wish that it wasn't Nakamura taking the pin here because it feels like they're trying to build Nakamura up. Yeah. But but yeah. Whatever. Next up you had Mustafa Mustafa Ali pick up the victory over Otis Is Itis. Otis? Yeah. Um this match was I mean I was surprised that Ali picked up the victory, but on the other hand with all the involvement with um with Gable and everything, with Otis, I mean, should have seen it coming. It seemed like Chad Gable and Maxine were on board at the beginning of this match. But they got off board real quick. Yeah, they ended up arguing on the apron, and that led to Otis losing. Yeah, Otis was going back and forth with whether or not who he should be listening to, and that allowed hit, uh, Ali to really take advantage of that. Yeah, because I think Gable you know? was arguing for him to hit the... The Caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah. But next up, the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament continues as Finn Balor picked up the victory over Cody Rhodes in The Miz. This was a fun match, and Cody Rhodes almost, almost picked up the victory, but he was rudely interrupted by Brock Lesnar getting some revenge from the night, uh, well, two days before. Which, again, I guess, thank God, because it seemed like it was going to be Cody versus Seth Rollins in the finals, but when you realize that it can't be Cody versus Seth because it's SmackDown versus freaking Raw for some reason, yeah, I'm glad that Cody gets taken out of the picture there, but this match, I think, was a lot better than that first triple threat match. Mm-hmm. 
I like Miz hitting the DDT on and on uh, Cody and Finn Balor at the same exact time. I like Miz trying to steal the win from Cody, but it took three crossroads to almost win. And after the match, after Finn Balor pinned Miz, we saw Brock F5 Cody through the commentary table, challenged him to a fight, and Cody accepted the the fight later on for Night of Champions. Yeah. What it's going to be, we don't necessarily know yet, I don't think. Could be first blood, could be street fight. Uh, And then later on, the Miz confronted Shinsuke Nakamura and said that they should have had each other's backs. And if they had each other's backs, they would have both advanced. And he again Mm -hmm. asked Shinsuke Nakamura to join him and Nakamura kind of teased like he was going to accept, but then he ended up challenging The Miz for a match on Monday Night Raw next week instead of accepting to join Miz. Yeah, which, I mean, should have seen coming, no? It was, yeah, it's fine. Right? I'm looking forward to seeing Nakamura beat Miz. (laughs) Yeah, same here. I mean, I could definitely see it being a good match, too. But next up, you had Rory Ripley pick the victory over Dana Brooke. Um, it was I mean, an obvious outcome. Yeah, we knew it was going to take place here. I will say, though, a lot of people, I feel like, don't give Dana Brooke credit. Yeah. And her and Piper Niven last week on main event tore it up. And the fans were super into it. So I would say... Go check out main event from last week, or at this point, maybe from two weeks ago when you listen to it. Mm-hmm. But the match itself, Rhea Ripley ends up hitting the Riptide, locks Dana Brooke in the Prism Lock, picks up the victory, repeats it afterwards. Out comes Natalia, not hurrying down to the ring, which I thought was funny. She took her time. That yeah, that like kind of pissed me off. But she like, wasn't. She was clearly not going out there to save Dana. She was clearly going out there to challenge Rhea Ripley. Yeah, but it definitely doesn't give off face vibes to not run down to make a save. Like that was far. Farthest I'm thing glad from the save. that it, it didn't happen like that, though, because Natty's had a lot of tag team partners recently. I don't think she needs another one. Yeah, but. So, I'm fine with that, but Rhea Ripley dropped Dana Brooke and her and Natalia had a stare down off of that. So yeah. I'm fine with the way that happened. Later on, though, we saw Rhea Ripley and Dominic interviewed, which was interrupted by Akira Tozawa and Xavier Woods. And it set up a match for later on. And it was funny because when Rhea Ripley stepped up to Xavier Woods, Akira Tozawa, I don't know if you noticed, peaced out. I didn't even notice that. Him and Rhea Ripley back in December, if you remember, had that match where he ended up losing to Rhea Ripley. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty funny. But I also liked how, um, I like how Dom kind of worked his way into that too. I liked how he kind of uh, got Rhea out of everything with it. I guess we but, could even talk yeah. about the match now. We saw Dominic obviously pick up the victory over Xavier Woods. I think mm-hmm. the match started off slow, but after the commercial break, it picked up. I could, yeah. Um, 
But we saw Rhea Ripley pull Dominic out of the way of uh, Xavier Woods' limit break, and then Dominic rolled him up to and, and grabbed the tights to win. Yeah. So it was a cheap victory. I assume we're going to see a rematch or something where Xavier Woods goes over, perhaps. But yeah. who knows? I guess we're going to just have to see. Yeah, we saw Imperium interviewed. Actually, no, they were not interviewed yet. They were going around backstage like Paul Revere, yelling that Gunter will be there next week. <laughs> and they ran into Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, who was like, eh, we'll be with you and in, in just give us five minutes. We're, we're having a chat or whatever. And one threat later, it led to a match, which we saw Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeat Imperium. I thought Kevin Owens during their entrance was funny where he's just like in the middle of them making fun of their entrance. I thought that was good, but no. it was a decent match. No, that was a good part. Imperium, I think, got a lot in. So it's like, I don't think they look bad taking that loss there. So mm-hmm. I thought it was good on them, but Gunther's back next week. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, we'll see what happens with Back, Gunter. Backstage, we saw Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville going around asking people to sign their petition for a rematch. And they ended up asking The Way to sign, which Dexter Loomis gave a thumbs down to. So maybe we could eventually see Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville take on The Way. More importantly, from that part of the segment, Johnny Gargano. He spoke about the whole family being together, and he said, he's going to be back soon, trust me. As if he's lobbying for a new member of the way, and all signs, it has to point to Champa. Like, who else um, could it be? Okay, yeah. That could be something huge. It's been a long time since we've seen Champa. Yeah, so, I'm and it was cool point- to see the way all together on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, yeah. We also For saw, sure. in regards to this segment, we saw Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez uh, offer up signatures. They were like, we'll sign for a rematch. And they said after they beat Damage Control, they'll very, very much uh, looking, they'll they'll look forward to facing them on, on maybe Monday Night Raw or whatever. But Chelsea and Sonya ended up making fun of them and said that the petition's not to face them, it's to face Damage Control after they beat them. So I thought that was a funny aspect of that segment. But I think by the time this comes out, it's it. I don't think we'll see new tag team champions on Friday. I don't think so either at all. But next up, you had earlier in the night, Zoe Stark being interviewed about her debut on Monday Night Raw. But it was not long lasting as she was just like, hey, check this out. As she goes to pick a fight, she goes over to Nikki Cross, who was just talking to herself, and challenged her to a, yeah, and challenged her to a fight, leading to the matchup. Zoe Stark picking up the victory over Nikki Cross. Um, expected. It's unfortunate that Stark didn't get a reaction here, though. I thought after she hit that springboard move, that people would maybe be more into it, but. It just didn't happen. I thought it was a good showing for her, but that crowd did not care. No. I was actually I don't know. I guess maybe it's the NXT conversion over. I don't I don't know. Or maybe it's just Zoe Stark. But 
It was definitely quiet. Maybe she needed more of a, I don't know, an introductory promo or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. like clips of her in NXT. I don't know. Yeah. We saw Trish Stratus come out. Um, she was actually putting up uh, missing posters for Becky Lynch earlier. But she made fun of, I guess, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins' daughter about not knowing their, her colors. Which I thought it was funny that she's like making fun of a, a child. Yeah. <laughs> but she ended up saying that nobody will steal her spotlight which is a callback from a promo that she had the last time she was heel. Yeah, and a long then, time ago. And then Becky Lynch's music hit, and she showed up. Oh, no, no. Her music hit, and Trish Stratus did the whole shocked thing, and then obviously like made fun of the crowd. She did the whole Bret Hart's music in Canada with Shawn Michaels thing. Yeah, and uh, it was and awesome. Then, and the crowd, crowd reacted to it and ate it, hook, line, and sinker. But then Becky Lynch's music hit again, and she's like, guys, the joke's over. We we got it. And then Becky Lynch showed up behind Trish Stratus and clocked her in the face. I thought that was a fantastic punch. Yeah, well, But Trish well escaped from that. Yeah, I thought that was good. So I'm looking forward to it. And it's really funny because at first when those rumors came out, I was like, I don't want that. But then as soon as that, that heel turn happened, I'm like, I'm here for it. So, yeah, I'm pumped to see that. We saw Indus Sheer have a promo where it was basically Jinder Mahal putting them over and they're bringing pain to Monday Night Raw. It took me a moment to realize that that was Jinder walking in the background. I was trying to, How? I I don't know. It just, it, it just didn't They got me. drafted together. Yeah, I didn't see the draft pick, like the three, the trio of him. Um, but I hope for so much for them but i mean i'm also a fan if if jinder mahal goes after that world heavyweight championship i'm not, not gonna happening. be mad not happening but the main event saw <laughs> seth rollins pick up the victory over finn balor to advance two night of champions for that world heavyweight championship match uh i don't think i would have been uh disappointed with either of them winning um, like, I, I think the writing is on the wall that Seth Rollins will be the next World Heavyweight Champion, but I uh, would have been totally fine if if Finn Balor won the championship. Yeah. So... I would be totally fine with that if it was Balor. So now you know? it seems like we'll see Seth Rollins... I mean, obviously he's facing somebody from SmackDown. Edge put out a really, like, emotional video, and I'm like, hmm... I kind of want Edge to win the World Heavyweight Championship. No, no, I don't. It would be. I don't think that'll happen, but it would be interesting to see Seth Rollins win, and then Cody Rhodes win Money in the Bank, and then he gets to choose either going after Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship or Roman Reigns for the Undisputed. He just should so, have never been in this tournament to begin with. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It just. It, that was dumb. It was not the story. It is not the story. So, mm-hmm. I don't want to see that. I just want to see him win the money in the bank and be like, Roman, this Friday, SmackDown, Madison Square Garden, get ready. Yeah. 
Moving over to NXT (laughs) and more tournaments. I hate that there's so many tournaments. Especially two going on at the same time. But we saw Tiffany Stratton pick up the victory over Gigi Dolan to advance in that NXT Women's Championship tournament. And I hate to say it, but nothing really stands out from this match. Uh, agreed. Nothing really stood out from it. I thought we were going to see JC Jane cost Gigi the match, given that, like, mm-hmm. everything that happened last week. She even spoke about JC Jane before her match. And that just didn't happen. So I thought that was weird. Yeah. After that, we saw Gallus pick up the victory over the Dyad to retain the NXT Tag Team Championships. We saw Joe Gacy not go to the ring with them. And he directed Ava to guide them to the victory or whatever. But the two teams, we saw a brawl before the match. Backstage, we saw the Diamond Mind watching. And the Creeds were kind of joking around with the blue masks. And Ivy was kind of pissed off at that. We saw the family watching from the, the little perch in the crowd. But the match itself, we saw Ava cause a distraction where I thought maybe we were going to see the Dyad actually win the tag team titles. I literally thought but that. It did, what, and I was like, what? I I don't know. When that distraction happened, man, I they, they were both in the ring there and... With all of the Twitter uh, stuff and everything with the dyad, yeah, but FTR it was had so the hard same to exact see. Thing. FTR had the same exact thing happen, and they won those titles. So, the revival, yeah. I should say. But mm-hmm. Ivy Nile, when she attacked Ava, that distracted the dyad. So, that yeah. was unfortunate. But Gallus celebrated later on, and Diamond Mine ran into them. Um... I don't think a match was set up just yet, but even later on when Gallus went to the bar, the D'Angelo family walked in because they also want a title shot. I don't know if it's going to be another sort of like triple threat match for the titles or, or, or what. I hope not. I don't want to see another triple threat. So I mean, we'll see. Maybe maybe we'll see the D'Angelo's face off against the Creeds or something. I don't know. Could see. Could see that. After that, they aired a WWE anonymous video, which was basically just them sitting in a, in front of a bunch of screens watching video clips of all the women that were taken out. And I think a lot of people think that the person who is behind WWE anonymous is going to be Blair Davenport. Okay, I mean she's been out with an injury for a long time. I don't is she injured? I don't know. I thought she was out with an injury. I just thought she was just not on TV. I don't know. I don't remember I her being it was injured. Injury. Yeah. And I also thought there was going to be a male anonymous because of the content that anonymous has showed us in the past. Mm-hmm. So it seems yeah. like they're maybe dropping that portion of it. But we'll see. We also had a Chase U segment backstage. Thea Hale was like, I mean. Well, no, she was backstage talking to students, and then Javier Bernal walked up, made fun of Thea for not being in the women's title tournament. And then Duke Hudson walked in, and Javier tried to, I guess, out Duke as, like, playing Andre Chase and Chase University, which sets up a match where we see Duke Hudson pick up the victory over Javier Bernal. Um, 
which I, I feel like we could pretty much just say it was a showcase match for Duke Hudson. And it's something that showed his loyalty towards Chase U. Mm-hmm. So, not much more yeah. from that to say backstage. I don't know what's going to happen with this segment. It's two weeks in a row. We had Von Wagner and Robert Stone, where Robert Stone was asking Von Wagner, Wagner questions, and he was actually answering them. It was like a, what do they say? Like a fast, those like fast answer question gimmicks. Fast you like answer. say the first thing. Yeah, like you name your favorite ice cream flavor, and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. It's like the quick answers. Uh huh. They were doing. Know. They were doing that. But uh, one of them was again. He questioned that picture, and then we saw somebody make fun of Von Wagner, and and uh, Wagner threw him into a production container. So I don't know what they're going to be doing with that childhood photo of Von Wagner. If they're eventually going to say what happened, or if they're going to like make something up. I mean, Von so, Wagner can do whatever he wants too. He could show up on SmackDown. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think that it would just be stupid if he just stays on NXT, though. Especially being a free agent. I feel like these free agents, like... Of the free agents from the draft, I think we've only seen Von Wagner since the draft. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I could be mistaken. Almost. Oh, well, actually, no, we saw Brock and almost, too, but... Yeah, besides that. I I almost don't count them because, yeah, because they're not, like, the same I feel like we saw Ziggler. I don't think we did. I don't Maybe know not. if we did. Yeah. But the next matchup, but... we saw Eddie Thorpe pick up the victory over Damon Kemp. Um, the spot where Damon Kemp hit that rolling Death Valley driver, I thought was nuts because he literally almost rolled out of the ring. I thought that was a good recovery from him. But Yeah, Kemp, Kemp needed the assistance of the ring apron as well to kind of uh, assist with him, but... Not enough. Nothing, Thorpe just totally... Nothing really, nothing really stands out here. Yeah. And I wasn't I a fan of that you. elbow drop ending. It didn't have any oomph to it. No. It was a... I don't know. I agree with you, though. I agree with you. Next well, up, you had... It's going to be like one of those things where it's like they don't know how to use Eddie Thorpe. Yeah. If they're going to eventually build him or what. It's very possible, but next up you had Dragonov pick up the victory over Dijak, but it was by DQ. Dijak, I mean, launching that referee. Just the match itself, though. Before we get to that, it was a it was an assumed to be super hard hitting match. Yes, and we did get the the hard hitting aspect of it, but yeah, we saw Dijak grab that chair and and. And attack go to town on it. Yeah. And then he continued the attack afterwards. So I thought we would see somebody make the save, but that just didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But next up, you had Charlie Dempsey pick up the victory over Tyler Bate. But he couldn't do it on his own at all. Wesley was in the corner of, of Tyler Bate. And Joe Gacy made his way out during this match. We saw Gulak argue with Wesley over mm-hmm. that. And then Tyler Bate took Gulak and Joe Gacy out. It was I thought it was a good technical match between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But 
it was Joe Gacy knocking Tyler Bate behind the referee's back, and and Dempsey got the win from that. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. I think what Ava has been telling Joe Gacy is put yourself first. Seems like he's putting himself first and wants a title shot for the North American Championship. So, yeah. We also saw Dragon Lee interviewed backstage where he discussed what happened with him and Noam Dar last week. And then Noam Dar appeared on the screen to invite Dragon Lee onto the return episode of Supernova Sessions next week. And then we saw Nathan Fraser in his segment, whatever it's called, kind of comes off as a heel in this. I don't understand. Like, he's making fun of Noam Dar in the Supernova sessions, but I just don't get that talk show character that they're doing with with Fraser. Yeah. It didn't do anything to me. I couldn't... I didn't care about it. The, the, the hard-hitting home truths or whatever? Like, I just... I don't get it. Yeah. I agree with you. But next up, you had Briggs and Jensen pick up the victory over Hank Walker and Tink Ledger. Tink Ledger losing a tooth, it seems. Yeah, and he put it right into his uh, into his singlet and continued the yeah. match. That, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I don't either. There's but this was a new. very aggressive match. Yeah. Uh, not really much else to say about that. No, not really. We saw Lyra Valkyria pick up the victory over Kiana James to advance in the NXT Women's Championship Tournament. Uh, And I thought this was a good match, but I think it's going to come down to Valkyria and Tiffany Stratton. And I feel like Stratton is going to win the match. But I think Valkyria brings such a unique moveset to matches. So I like seeing her wrestle. So I'm happy that she's in this tournament. I'm happy that she got the victory. So we're going to see her wrestle again. I did think that after the powerbomb from Kiana that it was going to be the end of the match, but storyline-wise, it just needs to be Valkyria in the finals. I would be fu- I would be totally fine with that if Valkyria was in the finals for this. Yeah. But main event of the evening, Braun Breaker pick up the victory over Trick Williams. I mean... Hot start for Trick Williams here. And even yeah, throughout almost- the match, I think he shined big time in this match. Yeah, almost had him too. I thought that uh, the pull-up rock bottom that he did was super cool. Oh, yeah. But Trick, I forget what Trick was going for. Braun ended up catching him with a spear. I think Trick went for uh, his his kick, and Braun caught him mid-kick with the spear, and then he hit the yeah. spine and recliner to, to win. So yeah, I he- thought that was... I wasn't I didn't know what to expect from this match, so I was very happy with this this the way this match came off. Yeah, instead of going for that pin, he decided to just lock in that recliner and put that and, a little bit more torture on him for it. And after the match he locked Trick in the Signer Recliner again. And Carmelo Hayes made the save. They brawled a bit and when Carmelo Hayes went for that springboard move, which maybe now he needs to look at his his move set and edit his move set for his match at Battleground against Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker caught him mid-air with that spear. That was a really cool spear, too. Yeah. I thought it was a very well done segment there. I agree with you. But that's 
NXT going to move over to SmackDown. It opened up with AJ Styles picking up the victory over Edge and Rey Mysterio to advance to the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament uh, semifinals. And then they did a lot of cool things in this match, like two-man move combos, like chain effect sort of situational moves, uh, as well as normal double-team moves. And really, the only thing I can say about this is go watch it. I think the only thing that didn't work was that spear reversal at the end with Rey Mysterio, but this was a really good match. And like I said earlier, I was hoping that Edge was going to win this based off of that video that he released, but that wasn't the case, and AJ Styles was my original pick, so I'm fine with that, but I really, really, really wanted Edge. That would have been cool. After that, Bobby Lashley picked up the victory over Austin Theory and Sheamus to advance in that World Heavyweight Championship tournament, which was more of a brawling-based triple threat match as opposed to the other one, which was more technical. But this, I thought, was another very well-done match. We saw Sheamus and Lashley take Austin Theory out at the beginning, and then they fought with each other. But Lashley, towards the end, he ended up getting busted open. I don't want to say that Lashley stole the victory, but he had Austin Theory locked in the hurt lock and Theory kept trying to reverse it, but he wasn't able to. And while still locked in that hurt lock, Sheamus hit him with a bro kick. And then Bobby Lashley tossed Sheamus out of the ring and pinned Austin Theory off of that. And again, very good match. So that set up. AJ Styles versus Bobby Lashley in the main event, which I'll get to. After that, we saw Grayson Waller backstage where he showed up in Adam Pierce's office, basically just asking for the winner of Bobby Lashley versus AJ Styles to be on the Waller effect next week. So Adam Pierce granted him for that. I think that's going to be uh, something interesting. And then later on, the Brawling Brutes were talking backstage and pretty deadly interrupted them. And then they made fun of the Brawling Brutes, so I guess maybe that'll be their first match on SmackDown. Speaking of first matches on SmackDown, we saw Cameron Grimes pick up the victory over Baron Corbin. It stemmed from a backstage segment with them last week where Corbin made fun of Cameron Grimes. And then before this match even started, Baron Corbin made fun of Cameron Grimes again. And Cameron Grimes literally won the match in like five seconds. So I think I think that did its job. It'll do whatever it needs to for Baron Corbin. And I think it was a good victory, even though it was such a short match for Cameron Grimes. After that, the bloodline came out. I liked Paul Heyman during the entrance showing like disgust with the World Heavyweight Championship being out there. But Roman Reigns spoke about main eventing WrestleMania both nights of WrestleMania, the bloodline, total, main eventing. And then he put Solo Sokoa over for stepping up at Backlash. And he said that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are no longer the problems, but the problems are actually the Usos. And he was pissed about them losing at WrestleMania. And then losing the rematch that they went out and got and dedicated to him, even though he claims to not be a a tag team wrestler, I guess the shield means nothing to him. That hurt to hear. (laughs) But he then tried to get them to apologize and Jimmy was laughing it off, but Roman kept pushing him. And right before Jimmy did something, Jay stepped in. 
He apologized. And he wanted another chance to bring back the titles into the bloodline. And then Paul Heyman announced that the bloodline will have another shot at bringing the titles back. But it'll be Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns stepping in at Night of Champions. Which is interesting because we've never seen Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in Saudi Arabia, I believe. But Roman Reigns then went on to dedicate the tag team match to the Wild Samoans, Alpha and Sika. So... We'll see what happens with that. And then backstage, beyond embarrassed, the Usos overheard the LWO talking and laughing, not specifically at the Usos, but the Usos took it as as that, and they they yelled at them, and the LWO kind of laughed it off. After that, uh, Damage Control was interviewed, and Bailey was running down her resume. EO Sky was kind of rolling her eyes. She pretty much did that throughout the whole interview but it just sets up uh i don't know if well, it doesn't set up but it further pushes the match itself the tag team championship match raquel rodriguez and Liv morgan went on to successfully retain those titles like i assumed earlier in the episode that they would they defeated damage control bailey and dakota kai we saw alba fire and isla dawn watching from backstage the match itself I thought was decent. We we still see uh, more of that crazier side of Liv Morgan coming out sometimes where she's like literally being used as a weapon for Raquel Rodriguez in this match. But EO at one point tried to give Bailey the tag team championship behind the referee's back and Raquel held on to the title. And then Bailey accidentally got knocked into EO Sky, knocking her off the apron. And that basically led to the end of the match with Liv picking up the victory there. So something's clearly going to happen between damage control and it's unfortunate uh, unless you want to bring back Kyrie Sane and have Kyrie and EO tag or something. I don't know. After that, we had Bianca Belair's championship celebration in her hometown. She's now the record reigning champion, the women's champion. But as soon as the segment started, Asuka returned and she went to shake Bianca Belair's hand. And I think it was pretty apparent, given that her mouth wasn't opening, that she had the the poison mist in her mouth. And she used the poison mist and kind of gross, it went into Bianca's mouth. You could see that like after the segment. So it it seems like that'll be the, the match at Night of Champions for... The Raw Women's Championship? We still don't really know what's going to happen with the titles yet. But, um, I don't know. Hopefully Asuka wins. And then, of course, the main event saw AJ Styles pick up the victory over Bobby Lashley to advance to Night of Champions. This was a slower match. It was a lot slower than the other matches that we've seen But Bobby Lashley ended up getting busted open again. I liked the spot where Lashley went for a spear in the corner and AJ rolled through and locked him in the calf crusher. But the match continued after that. And when AJ Styles went for that phenomenal forearm, I thought because there was like a quick, maybe slight hesitation from AJ that we were going to see Bobby Lashley like spear him midair 
and ha- maybe have the match continue or Lashley wins or whatnot, but that wasn't the case. AJ hit it and picked up the victory. So he moves on to Night of Champions, like I said, to face Seth Rollins. And then the OC came out to celebrate with AJ, and that was the end of SmackDown. I'm going to take a quick little break right now, and I'll be right back with Chris here on Marking Out. Hey, this is Greg Buttle from the Jets, and you're listening to Marking Out. And back here on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by pro wrestling fans. It is Chris with Brandon here with you for the uh, rest of the way. Brandon, hey. Howdy, hey. You get a little of emphasis in your voice today. I like it. Sounds great. Good. Emphasis. I always am emphasized. I know, but yeah, yeah, a little bit more depth. I've always said got your pep. Hey, depth. Pep in your... What? I said depth. Depth. <laughs> Not death. Not oh, death. Deep. You don't want to die this week. You're, you're going to the most no. magical place on Earth next week. That's true. Yeah, that is true. It's very true. So what else is going on in the world of Brandon? Not much. ready. It's going to be really hot there next week, huh? Oh, don't tell me that. I hope that's not the case. Are you going to bring your parasol? My parasol? <laughs> <laughs> and walk to the no. park? <laughs> It'll be great. Oh, my God. It's supposed to be in the 90s. What the hell? I know. I'm going next month, and I'm not well, That's not good at all. I know. I have to get a lot of those free water breaks. Big time. Yeah. So Water breaks and benches. That's like the name of my album when I go to Disney World. <laughs> Speaking of albums... Um, did you, because they released their album this week, as well as their show, did you watch any of Muppets Mayhem? I watched some of it. I figured I was going to give that a shout out next week, but yeah. No, I want to talk about it now because I'm on episode eight and it's outstanding. Yeah, I am. I think think, honestly, the only thing that brings it down is Lily Singh, but. Why is that? Why? I think she's just awful. Absolutely awful. You know what? I think she adds a very good component to it because you need that like you could have had anybody need... else who was like a good actor in that spot okay forgot that your acting is just outstanding she's you know, i mean she's rammies that you got First all those of all, Oscars i'm not getting paid to be on the muppets mayhem she's not i really don't think she's a good actor okay actress or actor is it, i don't, I don't know it's the same don't they all but i think it's actor? but i think it's great um all uh, the amount of um cameos that are in here are outstanding. We got um, a wrestling cameo. We got a Billy Corgan making a wrestling ring and calling somebody brother in the first episode. I was like, all right, I'm hooked. I'm clearing space That's for it. a wrestling ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's in, but he's like not in like Billy Corgan NWA mode. He's in Billy Corgan smashing pumpkins mode. Uh which is great. Um what episode did you get up to? Uh I have one more. Oh, okay. So you saw I thought of well, I don't want to spoil anything. I well, anybody, everybody that's out there, go watch Muppets Mayhem. It's outstanding. It's very good. Um, I almost shed a tear with Janice's version of True Colors. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, that's the only really fun thing that I, I did this week. Um, you know, I had a lot of a lot of lacrosse. Uh, I had a football showcase. I met Solomon Thomas from the New York Jets at this uh, football showcase that uh, we did. Did he sign your ball? Weekend. No, he didn't because I was working and I'm a professional and I'm like, not some mark. It's like, oh my God, Solomon Thomas, I'm not even a Jets fan, but uh, can you sign this for me? You know, he gave, he, you know, it's his, you know, it's his football showcase for kids who are trying to go to the next level. And he gave a very, very poignant speech about like mental health, especially, you know, because we're in the midst of mental mental health awareness month. And it, it just struck a chord with me. You know, I went up to him afterwards, you know, after the event was over, I said, hey, you know, 
I thought you were a great speech man. Thank you very much. You know, keep on trucking and doing that thing. So Solomon Thomas, one of the real ones in the NFL. Um, so that was cool. Um, and tonight I'm going to the Yankee game and Star Wars night. Pretty stoked about that. Got to get there super early because it's Anthony Rizzo Mandalorian bobblehead night. So They should do a Muppets night and make Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo bobbleheads or something. Now you're thinking. Now you're thinking. I know, because they were all boned up now about the Muppets because it's just, Muppets Mayhem's just fantastic. The Yankees um, would do a Star Wars night like the week everybody does after every <laughs> <laughs> they weren't home last week so they're trying to cash it up but like people do star wars nights all, all year long it doesn't have to be on may the 4th but i digress it'll be fun the yankees probably get the snot kicked out of him by the rays but i saw going. something by the way i saw something with in regards to yankees fans do you judge people that have jerseys that have names on the back of their jersey no, because you're, you're still supporting your team. Mm. Apparently, I don't if you care. have your, a name on the back of your jersey, you're not that big of a Yankees fan. Really? Andy Pettit's yeah. my favorite pitcher of all time, and I bought an Andy Pettit jersey just because of that. I mm. bought a Chris Bryant jersey at Wrigley Field in 2017 because, A, number 17 is my favorite number. B, he wore number 17. B, he came up into the major leagues on my 30th birthday, which is April 17th. So it's like the number 17 just revolves around me. Um, so that's the reason why I bought that. And you know what? She should have kept the Cubs, but he got the big money contract with the Rockies and is uh, living in mediocrity. Wait, did Cubs jerseys not have names on the back? No, they do. Yeah, but, so, but like Yankees jerseys don't. So now now tonight I'm going to try to disprove this and wear my Andy Pettit jersey to the game. I was going to wear I don't think I don't jersey. think anybody's going to like attack you for it, but apparently there's These a are split. Yankees fans. I think there's like I do think they might might judge people there. Well, they you know what? They just live about Yankees fans just live about how they won 27 championships and screw Boston. That's it. That's <laughs> I saw somebody that said that the uh, the division should change to be Mets, Yankees, Phillies, and Red Sox. Well, if you look at the like, it's 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 crazy right now. I mean, because you know who's in first place is the Rays, and they're like thirty and eight, and the Yankees are in fifth place. So we're living in a bizarre world. But what's on second? Uh, I think the Orioles are in second. No, you don't. You don't get it. I know. I get the joke. I was just trying to tell you who's in second place. But anyway. I digress talking about baseball because this is not a baseball podcast. This is a pro wrestling podcast. And let's talk about pro wrestling. And let's talk about all elite wrestling. Going back to last week, going to Rampage. uh, 6.30 start time this week just because of the NBA playoffs. Uh, And you started it off on Cinco de Mayo with a big Mexican trios match as you have the Lucha Brothers, Penta, El Zero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, and the AAA mega champion, El Hijo de Fingo. Uh, defeating QTV, uh, Aaron Solo, Powerhouse Hobbs, and QT Marshall. Expected. That's it. Yeah. The implosion Hurricane Rana that Vikingo did, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. Vikingo's, like, and I said this, and I keep saying this, now that they're finally giving him this big United States push, like, I can see now why he was ranked so high last year in the PWI. Uh, ratings. So, cool. Do, triple threat match. Do you Let's think, do you think QTV has done literally nothing for Hobbs. 
No, I don't think it has done everything. And I think there was a promo last week. I don't think we spoke about it where Hobbs like busted into the room and pulled QTV, uh, QT Marshall against the thing and pushed him up and was getting all angry with him. So also, God maybe bless it, Jim Ross for being the only person to pronounce Marshall properly. Yeah, listen. But in this match, even it was like Hobbs just kept getting outsmarted, and it's like yeah. Mm. So maybe it'll be the goes to a bad guy and then maybe he turns around to be a babyface and they give him a big babyface push against QT uh, TV. I, so I mean, I mean, like, well, let's continue on here. Jericho, you know, had an interview. Oh, I was going to save that for. Yeah, for, I mean, uh, we don't even really have to talk about it. Yeah, okay. So then, then we don't even have to talk to Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill's back to doing Jade Cargill things here. You know? Yeah, Jade, the only Jade. thing that we need to mention from this is that Ty Valkyrie suspended for what you did to referee Aubrey the other week. Uh, yep. But since they mentioned so, it, it, it seemed like it seems like come double or nothing, we'll see Taya take the title, right? I, I'm hoping or so. Or do you man. think that's going to just go past double or nothing, and she's not going to? You know, be what, there? with the with the way, and I'll talk about it because I feel like Dynamite did a very good job of telling stories going into double or nothing and setting up these matches that are going into it. Maybe this will be the culmination. Double or nothing will be the culmination of uh, Taya winning the TBS championship. But let's continue on with the matches here. Mark Briscoe picks up a victory over Preston Vance. Yeah, his family at ringside hits the J Driller for the win. Always, always good to see uh, Mark Briscoe on television. He had a great interview this week on Talk of Jericho with Chris Jericho about uh, you know everything surrounding his brother's passing and you know his growing up in the business and stuff like that. So if, uh, if you get some time, definitely take a, uh, a listen to that. So um, do you want to talk about the Dustin Rhodes backstage interview? Or He's pumped for Texas, got attacked by Brian Cage, that's it. And then Keith Lee like, walked over and they, they walked <laughs> off or whatever. Posed. Post someone, you know, Keith Lee always has like like the, he like flexes the, the you know the traps. He like walked the, uh, his over his lats. Goes, oh, you want to run now? Yeah, I know. Well, like, well I'd be if I saw Keith Lee, I'd run. Or main maybe event of AEW Rampage. I did not even watch the TV version because as soon as I found out that so much was cut from it, and they put the full thing online, I was like, delete. I'm watching this, and yeah, I perfect. watched the full version online. Oh, yeah. We All saw five, obviously, the Hardys. yeah, the Hardys and Isaiah Cassidy and Hook won. Obviously, it was um, fun. It was that Hardy compounds, you know. I felt like there was wrestling. so much missing from it, though. What do you mean? Out of the twenty well, minutes like, as you watched, you thought there was stuff missing. We saw, we saw Isaiah Cassidy. He had a transformation, but we didn't actually see him transform. Like, I, and I thought we would see Hook transform into something else, but we didn't. There was like, there was no Lake of Reincarnation. And I feel like there should have been a lot more in this and maybe more time setting it up. I feel and like and it, maybe uh, more mainstream time setting it up because this was Jeff Hardy's first match in almost a year. I know, but it's not Jeff. It's really like, it's technically not Jeff Hardy's first match. Back. I mean,. Like this is this is a cinematic. This yeah, is a, I, I, that's what like I'm not sure. It, it technically is, but it also I don't think counts in the records. Okay. So, uh, but we'll, it was we'll it was it had its fun moments. We saw Caprice yeah. Coleman and Marty Garner Champagne as the referees. Garner, if you're unfamiliar, was uh, one of the earlier viral moments in professional wrestling with Triple H 
pedigreeing him and him jumping for what he thought was a double underhook move. And it was like always, you would like download the spot on like naps or whatever. It'd be like, Triple H kills Shawn Michaels or something like that. (laughs) And um, so it was cool to see them. They're all Omega guys. I liked that it started during the day and then Vanguard put them forward in time into the nighttime. I thought that was a cool aspect of it. The, I think the worst part of this was Excalibur and Tony Schiavone because it just sounded so fake, like a, a video game from 2006. And it wasn't even like the full thing. It was just like bits and pieces like, oh, Jeff Hardy into the tree with Big Bill. It's like, I don't think that was necessary. The thing that I liked the most from this match was probably Stokely with the Hardy kids and Rebby and Senor Benjamin. Yes. I thought that was the best part, but I I really do feel like a lot of, I I feel like a lot was missing from this. Okay. Well, yeah, maybe they'll do another one of these, you know, next year or something like that. So also uh, saw in a while, it was, it was a change of pace. It also too, a lot of that stuff was done, you know, on impact when impact was trash. (laughs) So I hate to, you know, I hate to say it. So it's like, they gave them the time to do that stuff. Unfortunately with this, they were kind of pressed up against the wall and maybe they had to cut some things out before that. Maybe they didn't want to recycle the same things they did in all the other ones. So I just feel like if if there was going to be a transformation, I felt like there, like, how did you not have a, a lake of reincarnation? I don't know. Not, not my, uh, the hill to uh, climb on and start telling him what they did wrong, but it was fun. That's the most important thing. So we go from Rampage. We go to Dynamite, Little Caesars Arena, Detroit, Michigan. Hot crowd. You start the show off hot with a double Jeopardy match as Claudio Castagnoli picks up the victory over Ray Phoenix. He can now challenge for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. If Ray Phoenix won, he could challenge for the RH World Championship match. And what a slapping slap match to start a show off. Super hot match. Super hot match. These guys can both go. And I talk about it a lot where it's contrasts of styles. Styles make fights. And I think that's what kind of helped make this match real awesome was the fact that you have you have Ray Phoenix, who is this super high-flying luchador thing, does it un- amazing things in the ring, off the top rope, through the top rope, under the under the bottom rope, you know. And then there's Claudio Castagnoli that could just catch him out of midair or just uppercut him at uppercut him and just knock him off his base, and I thought it was awesome. I think so, uh, my literally my one complaint from this was them going to the outside and into the crowd okay. multiple times. I feel like once was too many, but they did it, like, twice, and I would... I wish have, that they didn't do to, that. Yeah, yeah, but you have to realize too. Claudio is part of the Black Blackpool Combat Club, and they are just stoked yeah, on which is violence. Why once was enough, though. Yeah, well, you know, like you could have easily, instead of doing the the crowd spot at the beginning, you could have easily just had that one where he he lifts him up and throws him in. Because I thought that was a good okay. spot, but yes, it was mixed in with the other part of them going to the ring outside of the ring in the crowd prior to that. Yes. All right. So after that, we saw uh, Tony. Oh, I was going to talk about how everybody wanted to go to Tony Khan's office and did not. Oh, I was going to group that all together with TK. Okay. We saw saw MJF speak about the four pillars and he basically begged for the other three to get on his level. And it's like so crazy to me that this one promo 
to me at least, helped build that match more than anything we've seen on TV these past few weeks. I it, it showed MJF well, be all... what we've like we haven't seen this MJF in in weeks. I know, and I feel like that's. I think that's what I think. There was a very power. That was a, a very strong suit of this AEW Dynamite this week was the fact that they really took time to tell stories leading up to Double or Nothing. You know, with these, it's not just MJF. MJF had a promo. Darby Allen had a promo of him training. Uh, I got heat with Jungle Boy now. The um, other, so the other three care. promos, though, I don't think were as strong. I don't think they were strong. I, I should say. I know, but still, it just it 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 it. it what Rather than with these guys Boy? all wrestling, uh, Jungle Boy went on some podcast or whatever and was just trashing uh, Creator Pro. He's saying he's like, "Oh yeah, all what? these guys." Yeah, a Jungle Boy made comments saying that. Oh yeah, uh, let me see if I can find Jungle Boy MJF wrestling school. Apparently, he said something to the fact that um, he said it's like, "Oh yeah, we have all these guys that come in." to do dark matches and they're just terrible and the only reason that they're in he- they they come in here is cuz they go to MJF school like they I guess they're from Creative Pro so like I don't know if that was in gimmick or not but there was I don't know what is a it lot either. of controversy surrounding Jungle Boy this past weekend why what else so they were over in the UK doing a, a convention yes. and he was okay. on that's, this, that's like, where this came from Oh, so he was on that Q&A panel with uh, SoCal Val was hosting it with Anna Jay and Ruby Soho. And if you watch the full um, the full segment, it seems like he just wants to be anywhere else but there. And okay, people this are like, is oh, you're, you're wrong. And then they're like, oh, you're a Cornette cult member, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, if you watch the actual full segment, he looks like he's bored. His answers are not great answers. He's talking about, he's like, before a match, why would I get advice from Billy Gunn? Because Billy Gunn doesn't like Canadian Destroyers. Okay, well, Canadian Destroyers have been outplayed for years. They're a transition and that's, instead well, of... Well, that's uh, what he's saying. He's know, like, he would rather ask somebody who's more open to his style than asking an actual veteran who's like... You think he maybe knows a thing or two. And that's like, we, we as fans okay. complain with the Canadian Destroyer. Like, it used to be a big move. Yes. Where it would end matches. Now it's just nothing. All right, this, this is the quote. I think getting trained properly and well is like an important thing for, uh, of it. You'll be surprised how many guys show up to do dark matches and are horrible and don't know anything at all. And they're there because they went to MJF's uh, wrestling school. So I think it's gonna. It, uh, I think going and learning properly and having like a really good foundation helps you wherever you go. So I'd say that. And then somebody on this post commented, "Go, LOL! Didn't he train in a backyard?" So um, I don't know. He did. So listen, he trained uh, hey, in a backyard hey, at like hey, the age of nine or something like that. Hey, pot! Here's kettle. Nice to meet you. Anyway, let's continue I on. Can't, like that, I feel like I, that's got to be a gimmick thing. But, I, I mean, again, after listening to that Q&A, the whole thing, I don't remember that specifically, the, the Creative Pro thing being from that. But 
I don't remember that specific quote. It was a long Q and A session, but that Creative Pro's got a big was, show this it was, weekend. It was disheartening to watch that that segment because I'm a big I'm, fan of Jungle Boy, but when it seemed like he just didn't care about being there. Yeah, well, his whole, his whole gimmick is his music. That's it. Um, let's continue on because I did talk about how this episode of Dynamite really did a good job of really furthering long storylines going into Double or Nothing. And it's a bit announced. It's going to be FTR versus Triple J for the AEW Tag Team Championships. And Mark Briscoe is going to be your special guest referee. You know Mark what was tells- crazy from this segment? What? When FTR came out, they barely had any reaction. I wasn't paying attention. To that I thought that was crazy. The fans eventually started chanting FTR, I, but... I thought the fans were super hot all night long. Eventually. Um, but yeah, they called out Mark Briscoe to apologize, but Triple J ended up coming out instead to make that challenge. And they said that they would accept only if they admitted to using Mark Briscoe to getting to FTR, which Mark then came out. He announced, like you said, he'll be the, the guest referee. And they all went to drink and toast and whatever. But Triple J attacked FTR, and Mark tried to break it up, but because Dax was blinded by alcohol, he hit the pile driver on Mark Briscoe, which I think was a spot that was kind of ruined by uh, commentary, because they were like super hardcore pushing Dax. They were like, I think he's blind, he can't see, I think he's, he's blind, and then I think he was very clearly going to be hitting Mark Briscoe. I know, but that's you being a super overcritical wrestling. I'm fan. intuitive. So the casual rest, in, whatever it is, <laughs> critical is more the word for you. But uh, like to the casual wrestling fan, they have to like kind of like enunciate that. Oh my god, he's blind because they were you know they had a uh, what it, was, it looked like it was tequila, a, a toast by the way, you know. So he was blinded by it. I thought it was a very old school way of kind of like hyping up this match and hyping up the. Uh, the maybe the dissension between Mark Briscoe and FTR and whose side he's on and stuff like that. I really enjoyed the, the segment. I think it worked very well. Um, I think I it think the could have been be, better if instead of commentary pushing it before the spot, I think if they did the spot and then they were like, uh, he must have been blinded from the the alcohol. Like clearly he couldn't see. Instead of pushing that yeah. beforehand where I'm like, oh, he's going to attack Mark Briscoe. Yeah, I don't know I, if anybody like else it like it. saw it coming or anything, but so so. But yeah, yeah. I'm 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 hoping that this is a, a killer match at Double or Nothing. Yeah, absolutely, Double or Nothing shaping up to be real good. Back okay. on Rampage, Chris Jericho had spoken about how he was working on insurances so that he'll never be attacked by Adam Cole like he was last week, and working on never having to be in the same building as him which it kind of seems like they're writing brawl out into a storyline to separate Jericho and Adam Cole. But like, it's the, like, I think you're thinking they're using too much like into CM it. Punk and the elite kind of, does it feel like that with that? Kind Not of? at all. Not at all. Not at all. I think you're just thinking a little bit too much. Into That's it. what it seems like to me, but on AEW dynamite, Chris Jericho was interviewed and he said that he's got a court order saying that if he is in the building, Adam Cole is banned. And then Roderick Strong interrupted and challenged Chris Jericho to a false count anywhere match. And he just happened to already have a contract written up where if uh, 
the Jericho Appreciation Society is is banned from from ringside or the building. Fighting fire with fire. I like it. Um, I don't think this is. Have you ever seen a Roger Strong Jericho match ever? Probably not. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing that. I hope it doesn't let me down. Yes, my fingers are crossed. Yeah. But it's AEW, so you're like, I'm ready to get let down. If this happened in a WWE, there's a lot of letdowns from from wrestling lately. Okay, what else has let you down? Let's let's hear about Brandon's letdowns. I don't want to give a whole list of letdowns. (laughs) Yeah, because we're positive. Yeah, yeah, because you positive about any? (laughs) All right, whatever. I mean, we saw we we all we saw the the Tony Khan segment. We saw Miro. Enter his office, he returned. What is going to be with Miro? I don't know. Thunder Rosa also returned and did the same thing. I kind of feel like it's going to be in relation to Tony Khan's announcement for next week. Yes, big announcement. Tony Khan announced that he has an announcement next week. Yeah, so let him be hyped up about it. Let him get the people hyped up. I'm about it. You know, allegedly what's happening is he's going to announce big new deal, Warner Brothers, third show getting added, AEW Collision, you know, Dax Hardwood, Hardwood is going to be on it. Tama Tonga, <laughs> Matt Cardona's debuting on the first episode. We spoke about this a couple weeks ago. Um, but honestly, but... It, it most likely is the Warner Brother upfronts are next week, so it most likely will be AEW Collision, as it's been trademarked or whatever. And it's most likely uh, going to be the announce of CM Punk's return, probably. So, but listen. I- it's also rumored that AEW pay-per-views are going to be streaming on Mac, so my fingers... They've been beyond crossed for, for years that that is going to be a thing, so I like out of everything, that's what I hope the most. Yeah. I like Max. I, uh, I enjoy HBO Max. I enjoy that wrestling's thriving right now. It's great, it's rumored, especially with... I was going to say it's rumored rumor. that... Um, actually, I forgot what I was going to say. You uh, AEW Dark and Dark Elevation. Oh yes, put to, to, to those sleep. are canceled. Yes, those are gone. Thank those... God, Hallelujah. Yeah, well, um, you know what? Uh, Warner wants wants an exclusivity contract, and I'm about it. Good for them. Ring of Honor yeah, will still stand. That's Ring what of I was going to say. Uh, is that uh, the the AEW Rampage is now rumored to be going more towards the Sunday Night Heat route, which I okay. feel like it's already worse than Sunday Night Heat. But <laughs> I I hope like it, it, like there you go. That's... Being negative right there. No, it is worse than Sunday Night Heat was. I don't think so. But anyway. Sunday Night Heat was a really good show for what what they were portraying. So, All right. Continue. So, yeah. Big announcement by Tony Khan next week. Miro's back. Thunder Rosa might be back. Um, cool. I'm about it. Let's continue on with Orange Cassidy successfully defending the AEW International Championship against Daniel Garcia. Um, I Do wrote you think down some AEW notes was this. listening? Why? Because it wasn't, this wasn't an orange, the typical it wasn't, Orange Cassidy match. I wrote down Orange Cassidy controlled most of the beginning match with technical wrestling. I was blown which is away. Daniel Garcia. It was which pretty was Daniel even. Garcia. It was very no, but that's you know there's four parts to the match: shine, heat, comeback, finish. So you know you had Orange Cassidy shine the beginning of the match. You had Daniel Garcia come back with the heat, and then Orange Cassidy came back with the comeback and a quick finish by rolling him up for the win. Perfect. There you go. Right there. So. Um, Orange Cassidy looking, keeping a very strong record in 2023. So I'm about it. Very cool. So nothing really to mention with, uh, the outcasts, but there's going to be a trios match with them. Jamie Hayter, Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida. 
next week. Did you watch Hey W with Akar Shida this past week? I, I did, yes. Uh, it's, it was amazing. It was so good. I've got these lines for you. That's not going to work for me, brother. <laughs> so good. Um, all right, continue on. Christian Cage, interview. Um, Christian uh, Cage. Yeah, he made fun of Wardlow. He made fun of Brock Anderson. He made fun of Arn Anderson for never win- winning the World Heavyweight Championship. And uh, for a second, I like, I don't know if I zoned out or what, but I for a split second, I literally thought he was talking about Luke Perry again and Jungle Boy. <laughs> Because it seemed to be literally the same thing that he was doing with Jungle Boy, but now it's with Wardlow and, for some yeah, reason, he, Brock. He's just getting cheap heat. Which That's I understand it. why they're doing it with Brock. It's like, oh, Brock Anderson's in the company, but for some reason, Arn Anderson's with Wardlow instead. Your daddy doesn't like you. Basically. Where my daddy? So that was that. Was that. Um after that, I actually that I don't even I feel like that didn't really build up for Christian versus Wardlow. I know, but we still have to. I'm assuming that's probably going to be a double or nothing, and we still have another one two weeks before that. So there's still more time to build that up. After that, we saw Julia Hart pick up the victory over Anna Jay in a no holds barred match. I'm about it. You're not. Uh, no, most of it I thought was good. I liked the gory bomb on, uh, onto the chairs outside of the ring by Anna Jay. I do think the ending might've been goofed Why do you a bit, that? but I, I don't really care about that. I, like, cause Anna Jay, I feel like she was supposed to land on the chairs in the ring and then get locked in that submission, but they kind of missed the chairs and, and commentary tried to sell it. Like it wasn't, it was something okay, else I should say. Yeah, I'm fine with that, especially because Julia Hart just made her tap out anyway. So I thought yep. I, I don't know if I necessarily would have stacked all these like because, again, we had that that spot with Claudio and Phoenix outside earlier. And then we have this and then we go into the next match where House yep. of Black House- picked up the victory over best friends in Bandito to retain the trios tag team championships the rule that the best friends picked, I didn't realize that you were going to be able to pick any rules. I thought it was just like you were choosing DQ or no DQ. But they picked okay. that witches were banned from ringside. <laughs> they wrestled in a blacked out arena. Which... I like, you know, it adds to the it adds to the House of Black gimmick here. And it adds like the open house vibe to it. I'm about it. It's, it adds a different component to it. You don't um, like no, I, I didn't mind the lighting. I just feel like I, I don't know if I saw any complaints about the lighting, but I've seen complaints about lighting in other companies. Um, but I think since they were doing this match, like I was just saying with the Anna Jay and, and Julia Hart, I, I wish that they weren't doing that. I wish they okay. weren't doing those other matches. I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm Especially because totally they still had that cage match to go, which was the. Uh, but we got uh, before we go go to that cage match, which I thought was unbelievable. Uh, after backstage, Kyle Fletcher lays out Orange Cassidy, calls him out. So it looks like Kyle Fletcher is going to get an international championship match. So I'm bad at I've been, I said Aussie Open has uh, opened my eyes to them. And especially uh, seeing Kyle Fletcher in a singles competition, which we know Orange Cassidy will probably get the win. 
That's it. I would say definitely. Going about main events. Main events saw John Moxley pick up the victory over Kenny Omega in a steel cage match with the help of Don Callis. Something that we've been like kind of thinking about and we've been discussing for you know months. We saw it months. coming for weeks. Yes. Yeah, we saw it coming, but but I think that the way that it was done and the way that AEW let that breathe afterwards was. I think maybe one of the best ways for them to sell a story in a vi- in maybe almost ever. You know, I thought, and, and too, like the match too, like you, you saw the hatred that the elite and the BCC have for each other, especially pre-game, pre-match, pre-game, pre-match when, you know, the BCC comes out, attacks, goes after Omega, the Bucks come out, everybody, you know, gets pulled apart, everything like that. And then it starts a brutal cage match and that's I, I didn't like that part because i felt like it Why? took because it took focus off the actual match and put it on like rather than focusing on kenny omega versus john moxley inside of a steel cage it put all the focus on blackpool combat club brawling with the young but that's Bucks. the point but that's the point of this entire story i just feel like it? that wasn't necessary for that part and i didn't think that it was necessary to have the the barbed wire chair but i liked but- the way that it was used because we're already inside of a steel cage match. Like that is your weapon. I don't feel like you needed more weapons in that. But we talk about John Moxley is the quote unquote king of violence, the king of, so blood. the king of blood too. But I thought like the blood was well done in here too. I don't think it was like over, you know, like, well, I think that was what they used was like, they threw the chair and then I think he started bleeding. So, yeah, so it was, like it was you know, a fine spot, but then which, they they had they did they not they did the glass spot too, right? Which I you know what I was sitting there and he pulls out the thing. I'm like, oh, I'm like wow, we haven't seen thumbtacks in a while. And then he pulls out, <laughs> and then he just pulls out the glass, and then I got uncomfortable because I was like, oh no, because you know, I, as I said, I watch I've watched my fair share of deathmatch wrestling, so I'm like, oh no, I'm like this is gonna hurt. Like it a I think commentary did a good job throughout the night hyping up. This is Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, John Moxley, five, and really like highlighted like double or nothing. Um, when was it Moxley when he came out? Um, you know the ill-fated, um, exploding barbed wire death match, and now this match too, and it just showed like the utter hatred for each other and the lanes that you know Kenny Omega is not a blood and guts violence wrestler. He's a Okada Omega three style wrestler. So for him to go out of his element and do components like glass and then also that unbelievable spot where they fell through the cage that well, it looked like before that though i liked himself. i liked the fact that moxley was able to take off the the turnbuckle the top yeah, rope that, because the AEW cage for some reason like i feel like they change they're not always against the ring but i thought that v trigger spot it looked insane it was really stupid for him to do that well, listen, you got to go to extreme lengths when you're facing somebody that you've had a feud with, essentially, since they've come into the company. But, like, so, and, he and could have broken it. Like, he got very lucky there. Very, very lucky. I Very, very lucky. I don't know scary. if they practiced no, that beforehand or what. I don't know if he was supposed to, like, hold onto the top of the cage. It yeah. looked like he was maybe supposed to fall out with Moxley. But... I, I saw that spot. I was like, holy crap. I thought literally, I yeah. thought his leg broke in half or something. 
I know, I know. I, a lot of people were saying that Tails was busted open yesterday, and Tommy Dreamer's like, he got real freaking lucky. I was like, you, like, that should never, I really hope they never do something like that again. Because that was like, well, he got super, super lucky. So, but, but yeah, Don anyway, Callis got in the ring and, and stopped Mox from using the screwdriver, but then Kenny almost won, and we saw him stab Kenny, not in the back, but in the head. Right with that screwdriver, and it, and I said they let it breathe. They didn't rush it. You know, there was time left afterwards for them to really like everybody to kind of soak that in. You know, because forever Don Callis has been hyping up Kenny Omega, best wrestler in the world. Yes, he's been had like a heel for a baby, uh, a heel manager for a baby face, but it was just very well done. I thought it was great. I thought it was an awesome main event, and I thought it was a very great addition. Of dynamite this week, I thought. So, um, you know, we have to... they they needed. A, I thought this spot was going to happen at Double or Nothing, but they just really needed that big match, and I think this was the right one to do it at. Yes, so the, the I... match to me, it didn't make sense that this was taking place, even, but it was built up over the past week, and I think this was a, a good call to have Don Callis do it there. Yeah, because then you can go into double or nothing. I'm assuming it's probably going to be a trios match between the Elite and the BCC. But now we don't know, like, why did we have to obviously find out next week? Why did Don do what he did? I I don't know if he's necessarily with the Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, maybe you have him like, maybe you have a like uh, backstage promos like, you know, last week we saw these heinous, uh, heinous attack by Don Callis, and you like see him like somebody with the you know a camera following him, like you want to know why I did this, and you know he cuts a promo, and you know they said last week this is what happened. So, um, when is Forbidden yeah, Door? All, in all great. Forbidden Door is June. Could it be Aussie Open? What do you mean? Could it? Could he be working with Will Osprey? I don't think so. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, so you have Forbidden Door. Will Osprey June. versus Kenny Omega, maybe? I'm see, I'm hearing that. I'm hearing Will Osprey versus CM Punk. But also, too, so if, it, if, it's, if it's Osprey and, and Omega, then maybe it could just be Callus with them. Maybe it's Punk. You know, also, too, you have to remember there's All In as well. So you maybe want to save that Osprey. Kenny Omega match for All In. You know, apparently they've sold 65,000 tickets, which is unbelievable. So stoked to wrestling over there. Just wrestling general's thriving right now. So you want to save maybe those high-profile match like that for All In um, because you know that crowd is going to be hot. So still got two more Dynamites until um, that thing that's coming up that's called Double or Nothing. Um, and we'll talk. <laughs> I I train of, lost my train of thought, man. I'm just you know I don't have to work today, so I'm like off a little bit. Um, so anyway, that's it for the professional wrestling side. Let's get to my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week might be in contention for match of the year. Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest. From Backlash this past week. I watched it. Um, I loved every second of it. I thought the crowd was super hot that entire event. Um, that really kind of helped uh, like bring life into that match. And I think you can say, and I, I don't know if you agree with me on this, Brandon. Bad Bunny is the best celebrity to ever enter a WWE ring ever. Ever. I, 
can't say that only because Logan Paul. Nope, sorry. But Logan but Paul. also, I don't think WWE is counting Logan Paul as a, a celebrity anymore. I think he's just being a WWE superstar. So yeah, who wrestles four times a year? Doesn't yeah, get but the, what is, I mean, he put got, on but, incredible matches that he's all like every single time he's wrestled, he's had an incredible yeah. match. Besides Not to Bad say Bunny? Bad Bunny hasn't, because Bad Bunny's definitely like come out and. But done ba- incredible Logan stuff Paul, too. Logan Paul, Logan Paul's an athlete. Bad Buddy is an entertainer that has come in here and has thrived. We don't know his background in, in athleticism, though. I know, but still, like you know, Logan Do you, you Paul don't think that able... Logan Paul hasn't thrived? Why? He, because he's been put against Roman Reigns. Yeah, but, but that, no, that doesn't even have anything to do with it. He's held his own in every single match. He's like, yeah, but so so is he, so is Bad Bunny. But anyway, okay, I, 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 in my opinion, I think Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny, better than Logan Paul. That's all I'm gonna say about that. The match was fun. The run-ins were fun. Freaking Carlito pop huge. Um, and I just think the match was just very, very well done, and it was it was fun, which is the most important thing about professional wrestling. Um, and if we can only have more crowds like we had in Puerto Rico on Saturday, um, it'll get everybody a lot more hyped up. So go watch it again. I watched it again. I thought Bad Bunny's entrance was outstanding, especially the drone flying over everybody as they were singing along to his music. And I listened <laughs> to that song like five times the next day because it was catchy. So on that note, Brandon, who are you shouting out? Hey, the hip, we should listen to Brandon shout outs. The first shout-out goes to Bupkiss, which is Pete Davidson's new television program on Peacock. Have you heard anything about this or no? I've heard of the name of it, but I'm not familiar with it. A lot of the reviews that I saw was comparing the the show to Curb Your Enthusiasm, so I went in literally thinking it was going to be Curb, but with Pete Davidson. <laughs> Uh-huh. But it's it's literally nothing like Curb. It's just that he plays a heightened version of himself. Okay. So, and, like, it wasn't super funny, but it had its moments of the TV show. I thought it was a very big plus that Joe Pesci is in it. Because it's super rare these days that he even acts. Yeah, so you I don't thought really it was cool that he was part of it. And there's a bunch of cameos that, like... Every episode, I think, has a cameo, mm-hmm. including one from uh, Adventureland. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I don't necessarily think if I was Adventureland, I would allow for what happened in the scenes to take place there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Given no. that they're supposed to be like a family-friendly park, but it was still uh-huh. cool to see Adventureland. <laughs> no. That, that uh, cool. And then also, yeah, because there's a new king... And there was a coronation gimmick over the weekend, and it just happens to coincide with his birthday. I'm giving the next shout-out to Owen Hart. Literally, since May 1999, since he passed away, I've been using Owen Hart Memorial Month. And on Twitter every week, I'm using hashtag Owen Hart Memorial Month. He would have been 58 this past week. And he was a King of the Ring winner which is how I associate it to the King's coronation. But I just hope people use that hashtag Owen Hart Memorial Month. You could post memories, favorite matches, and just overall remember him. And I wish that we could see him in the WWE Hall of Fame. I wish that we could see him in video games for WWE. It would be cool to see him have a Mattel figure, but 
Unfortunately, none of that is happening, at least anytime soon. Yeah, so it's just very unfortunate. unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. But it's unfortunate that he's gone, obviously. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very, very much uh, loved and missed by family, friends, and 100% pro wrestling fans, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, and even with like AEW doing stuff, it's cool that we get to see his legacy live on there. But yeah. I would definitely like to see on a much bigger scale with like the Hall of Fame and everything. Of course. So. I, I hope I hope at some point we do. Yeah. But my last shout out goes to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which I got to see this week. And I just think it sucks that James Gunn is the head of DC now. Because, I mean, it's not to say that we're not going to see these characters ever again. Uh-huh. But I want to see these characters, like, always. I know it's yeah. supposed that Drax and Gamora are, like, that's it. Like, Zoe Saldana and uh, Batista are done. Mm-hmm. playing these characters so i hope that like turns out to not be the case and we do see them eventually but i thought it was a really good movie i would definitely recommend watching the christmas special on disney plus before seeing this one just so you're i guess more in tuned with the smaller things it's not a hundred percent necessary but there are things that you wouldn't notice if you didn't watch the christmas special mm-hmm. I, I also i mean there's a big a pretty big thing from the Christmas special that happens that carries over obviously into this movie. So, so maybe people find out somehow and they're like, how does this happen? But it's in the Christmas special. It's all explained there. Mm -hmm. So those are my shout outs. You didn't see it yet, right? No, not yet. Not yet. Hopefully this Those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our, Right, our mark out moment of the week, and I gotta say, literally, just if you if WWE only had Savio Vega on the kickoff show, that would have been enough for me. But then uh. to actually have Carlito be part of the street fight and then have Savio come out, like I said, to Los Bariquas theme song, like literally, that's what I asked for. So, yeah, with, you... the, with the exception of not getting like um, Epico and Primo. I'm still, like, beyond happy that we got, like, Carlito was a big name for, for them to get oh, yeah. for that show. And Savio Vega. So, I'm, like, beyond stoked that we had that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any uh, markout moments? I would agree with you. That I totally marked out for. I mean, Carlito, for sure. There was just so much with that entire event to mark out for. I marked out for... Zelina Vega, just even... I mean, I marked out for her reaction. Uh, the reaction of the crowd. I marked out for Pretty Deadly. The entrance for the WWE 2K23 video game. Yeah, they come you know? out next week. Next and they week? announced, they actually announced that Mia Yim is going to be free DLC. So, that's fantastic. I have to assume that Candice LeRae will also be part of that. And my fingers are freaking crossed that Tegan Knox gets included. But I feel like she's not going to be included. Which sucks, because she was in 2K22. 
Where so is Tegan Knox? She is just backstage. She wasn't injured or anything, right? Just not used? Yeah, just not used. Damn. She was drafted. So. But also, uh, like I said last week with the, the WWE's most wanted treasures, it seems like this season is stuff that they already know where it is. So it kind of uh-huh. seems less authentic. But again, like I said last week, it's I, I enjoy seeing the wrestlers interact with each other. Yeah. And this week's episode was a DX episode. And one of the things that they went looking for was the DX Jeep, which we know they already found because they used it for the DX 25 at Barclays. So they were obviously going to find it on this episode, but I thought the cool part of it was that it belonged to the guy who drove it originally. Mm -hmm. And now his son has it. And he had like behind the scenes videos from that day where WWE invaded WCW. Uh huh. And I thought that was really cool. And although WWE didn't like actually get this for their collection, they show that they used it in in Brooklyn for that DX25 and the son actually drove it out and and was part of that like his father was so i thought that was really cool no that's that's awesome something else i popped for we saw uh booker t on pawn stars this week somebody sold his old boots to chum and <laughs> it was cool because then Booker T himself was on it to authenticate them. But before that, when Chum was buying them, I don't know, he like dropped like three grand on boots that he didn't even know if they were real or not. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of, to me, showed how fake the show was because Chum was like, oh, Booker T, he was like five time, five time, five time, five time, five time champion. I don't know why he would do that when he actually won the title six times. It's like... He didn't do that after he won it six times. He would do it six times. So it's like the five times thing obviously came before he was six-time champion. Yeah. But it was still it was still cool to see that, and I was I was happy with that. Yeah. Good deal. Um, Good deal. Also, I kinda I kinda popped at the, the at the main event on Monday Night Raw when Seth Rollins also selling injuries, he ended up doing a one-armed uh, pedigree to to Finn Balor. So I thought that was cool. And then he won the match with that inverted stomp, which was also, I thought, pretty cool. Yeah. But that is the markout moment of the week. And that is episode 640. Check us out on Twitter at Markin' Out, at Markin' Out 11 on Instagram and YouTube, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Markin' Out, at Markin' Out on TikTok. Check us out, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarkinOut.com. Of course, you can follow us, BTTG161 on both, David PTDPT on both, Chris Sweendog on Twitter, CMSweeney85 on Instagram, and we wish you... We wish you... The best, best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week.